What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 42. I get more and more amazed every single time I say the numbers. They just keep rising and rising and rising. I was at zero. Now I'm at 42. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know how what you have to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all the social medias, at Mr. Fulton Long on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, holler at me, uh, Press like press play when you leave the house and just let it run all day. Just let let the show just run all day. Put me in your life algorithm. Find a spot for me. Forty five minutes to an hour. Find a spot for your boy Jay Holly. Whether it's walking the dog in the morning, doing your workouts while you're on the treadmill. I'm entertaining. I'm really entertaining. Like find some space in me while you at lunch eating your cheese sandwich. Put on put on unfiltered while you while you're doing your late evening workout. Put on unfiltered. While you about to get a little sexy sexy with somebody, put on unfiltered. I can get you in the mood. I can get her right. I can get you right. Together, we make magic. Let Help me help you in every which way that I can. But you guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation in the beginning because let's be honest, most of you aren't going to be here at the end anyway. But before you decide not to listen to me, I want you to watch three episodes. By the time you see this one, there'll be 42 to choose from. Find three, listen to it for about 15 minutes apiece. And if you are not satisfied in those three episodes, find three more. And if those don't get it, find three more. Just keep listening until you begin to love me. I'm a very lovable person. But here we go. And this is this is actually, this came from a true story that I lived. And it just hit me after it happened. It happened last week as I was recording, get it coming in recording Friday's show. But here is today's motivation. Do not be distracted by small winnings, for it may cost you more than you're willing to to lose. Do not be distracted by small winnings because for it may cost you more than you're willing to lose. Last week, honest to God, true to God story. I went into a 7-Eleven and when I walked into the 7-Eleven, I had my wallet in one hand, my phone in the other hand. I get to the counter with my items, and before I check out, I said, ma'am, can you give me two of the $5 scratch-off that you have back there? Just every once in a while, I go to the gas station, I get gas, or I'll get a drink, and I'll get two scratch-offs, just randomly. And so I get the scratch-offs, and I pay. And when I pay, I step to the side, because I never do the whole scratch-off, that's not my thing. I just go to the bottom and scratch off the barcode and just scan it then. I'm, I don't have time to go through all the scratch off. I don't forget all I don't have time for all that. I go right to the bottom and I just scratch it off. So when I do this, I set my phone and my wallet down on the counter and I scratch off the first one and I scratch off the second one. Well, when I do that, there's a small machine that I was standing next to that you can scan your, your scratch off on. I scan the first one. It says not a winner. Wow. Tear it up, throw it in the garbage. I scanned the second one, and it said, you are a winner. And I won $100. I know. Great. Jess, you won 
100. I'm as excited as you are hearing it as I was when I actually won it. So I, in my excitement, I give the lady back the ticket and I said, you picked a good one. I won. She said, well, that's great. I said, not a bad return on, on $5, on $10. So she gives me my money. I pick up my phone and I walk out the store. And I go on about my day. And I'm, I'm riding high. I go do hanging with the boys. I go do some other shows. I go do some other stuff. And I come in and I'm getting ready to prepare for Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. And then I go to the Starbucks where I prepare sometimes. And they have this watermelon juice that I like. And I get to the counter and I go and they said that well, it was $5. I said, no problem. And I reached for my wallet. And I realized I don't have my wallet. Where is your wallet? So I said, hold on, sir. This, my wallet's in the car. Let me run to the car and grab my wallet. And I run to the car and I, and I look in like the little cup holder. I look in the console and I'm looking all around in the seat and the side and I cannot find my wallet. And so uh, like anybody else, what happens? I go into this ultimate panic mode. My license, my credit cards, my bank cards, all, all this is in my wallet. And I'm saying, where is my wallet? So I think to myself, where was the last place you used your wallet, 7-Eleven, where I bought the scratch off, and I won $100. But you see, I got so focused, and I got so tied up in the small winnings of $100 that I left a wallet full of cards, debit cards, credit cards, gift cards. I left thousands of dollars. Because I got excited over a hundred. I left my ID, my identity, and all the things, a lot and a lot of money I left on the counter because I was distracted by something small. Now, luckily, there were some, still some good people in the world. I drove back up north to, to the 7 Eleven, and the guy, when I walked in, the guy said, Oh, you returned. I said, Yeah. He said, when I saw it, I knew it was you because I found your ID and I kept it to the side. But it was in that moment that I realized a life lesson that I had learned that I got distracted by something as frivolous as $100. And in that excitement, I lost focus on what was really important. Yes, the $100 was great. It was an awesome winning. I'm so glad that I had it. But in return, I lost thousands temporarily, but lost nonetheless. That could have gotten so worse for me. Someone could have found it, ran up my card. I would have had to cancel all my credit cards and debit cards, start new IDs, all this nonsense because I let a distraction happen. So I just tell you this as motivation, as whatever it is that you're doing in life, enjoy the victories because they are necessary. Don't let them distract you from the ultimate goal because a distracted mind is a mind that is getting ready to lose something very far greater than what he or she are willing to lose. I wasn't willing to lose everything that I had in my wallet over a hundred dollars, but I got distracted. This message is for you is don't allow yourself to be distracted. There are far greater things that you have to keep your mind locked in on than that hundred dollars. All right. All right, man, let's get into this. We got a lot of stuff happening today. 
Shout out to Frankie in the building, working, getting it in. My team is – the team is great. The team is awesome. We figure this thing out. We make it work how we need to make it work. We're not getting distracted by the small things. We have a bigger picture in mind. Cowboys, big win over the weekend last Thursday. Defeated the Seahawks. It was a back-and-forth game, but the Cowboys got it done. You see them continue their home winning streak. The Cowboys are up to now 14 straight games at AT&T Stadium. Dak Prescott was phenomenal. Three touchdowns. You saw uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb. Continue on his streak. Uh, the Cowboys are playing a brand of football right now that is very, that's very positive, that is very encouraging, is very uh, just up there. Well, you want to see your football team be a 41-35 a victory at home. The Cowboys are averaging over 40 points a game. Up until the Seahawks game, they gave up 35 points. The Cowboys were, de- were defeating their opponents at home by a margin of 20-plus points a game. That's dropped a little bit with the Seahawks scoring 35 points. But for the most part, when you play the Cowboys at home for the last 14 games, not only do you lose, but you lose bad. And and, and they have kept that um, the main thing. You hear the saying, make the main thing the main, keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing at home for the Cowboys, it's wins. And they're going to need one coming up this Sunday. The Cowboys take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are still – Number one in the division. But now they're only one game ahead of the Dallas Cowboys after they, too, took a drubbing. After they, too, went, like Grandma used to tell y'all, go outside and get that switch. Pick your and you better not bring a skinny one back. You better bring one, you better bring one worth this whooping I'm about to give you. And the Niners went up to the link in Philadelphia and they went, they, they, they went to whoop that trick. That was in the background. Whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. That, what's that rap song that they say, that, that the young people say? Uh, um, uh, uh, go in your trap, take over your trap. Whatever it is. One of them songs is, go in your trap, take over your... They did it. The Niners went in there, whooped up on Philadelphia. I told y'all about a week. I told you a couple weeks from now. I told y'all. Listen, I'm, I'm just, uh, this is unfiltered. And I'm always going to be honest with y'all. I told y'all, when healthy, there isn't a football team in this league that is better than the Niners. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all. I'm just telling y'all. Uh, and and I, know, I know what some of y'all are going to say, because I hear all the time, I ain't scared of the Niners. I want to see the Niners, says the man and the woman who do not have to get out there in that football field. So you can sit at home on the couch in the comfort of your home and not have to worry about Debo Samuels and, 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 and Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and the rest of them and Chase Young and, and Nick Bo. I, I know. I get it. I get it. Y'all not scared. Okay, cool. I told y'all before I come from a place where I seen a lot of jokers who wasn't scared get put to sleep. I'm from a place where a lot of scared jokers should have listened to that little fear in their heart and say, don't go fight that man. That man ain't got nothing to lose. And he knock you out. So y'all can tell me all y'all want that y'all not scared. And, and, and maybe the Cowboys finally get over the hump when they have to play him. Because the road will either have to go through and not 
it, one of the two. You, you're hoping that someone knocks the Niners off and Philadelphia off for you. But the way it looks is it's not going to happen that way. So the road to Vegas, to the Super Bowl, is that you're going to have to go through Santa Clara and or Philadelphia. Okay? Philadelphia, I don't, I don't mind that fight. I'm okay with that fight. That Niners? <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. I know what my eyes tell me. I know what I saw against the Cowboys. I know what I saw against, at the time, was the number one team in the league, Philadelphia Eagles. I know. I And I ain't, they ain't bullies because sometimes bullies can get beat up. Them jokers is just that dude. But the Cowboys have a big game in front of them this weekend. They were hoping that heading into this Philly game that they would be able to say, you know what, we got a little bit of reinforcement. But reports come out today. Shaq Leonard, the free agent recently released from the Indianapolis Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard, former rookie of the year, all-pro defensive linebacker, has made his decision. And he will not be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He decided that he had a better opportunity in Philadelphia. So Shaq Leonard signs a one-year deal, kind of prorated deal, whatever's left of this year, to head over to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I love, I love, I love, I love fans. I love fans because... Last week, all of y'all were clamoring to get Shaq Leonard. He decides to go to Philadelphia, and today y'all saying F the man. Y'all saying F him. Y'all saying he washed. Y'all saying he can't. I get it. I, I get fandom. I get it and all that kind of good stuff. But he decided, and I, I'm going to be, can, I, can, we have a, can we have an unfiltered conversation? Can we have an honest conversation from woman, man, whoever's on the other side? Can we, you and I, have a, a full-on, serious, unfiltered conversation, especially if you're a Cowboy fan and you're listening, a lot of the time, you as a Cowboy fan, I've told you guys this time and time again, so don't get in the comments and say, aren't you not a Cowboy fan? I'm not. I'm not a Cowboy fan. I keep telling y'all this. I'm a Cowboy. There's a difference between being a Cowboy fan and a Cowboy. I gave up a little bit more than you did for this organization, okay? You might have just spent some money on season tickets. I, I, risked, I risked life and limb. So let's just keep the main thing the main thing. But the unfiltered conversation is this. A lot of times, I think Cowboy fans think a little bit too much of their organization. Not saying that the Cowboys aren't a great organization, but when it comes to the purity of what football is, there is a level of Hollywood that is attached to the Dallas Cowboys. You, you can't say that's not true because you fight every single day on social media about what the national shows say or don't say about your football team. You fight every single week because some of you think the league has some sort of conspiracy theory against your football team. And you're fighting amongst people at work, at the bars, at the barbershop, Everywhere about your quarterback, about your coach, about your owner, all these type of things. And there are some people who look at that and go, I, I don't want to be involved in the Hollywood portion of the Dallas Cowboys. All I want to do is just come play football. And while the, 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 the glitz and glam may seem 
appetizing and appealing to a lot of you. Sometimes pure football players, those who are, and, and I don't know Shaq Leonard, but I, I take him as a guy from the things that I've heard from other people, as a guy who loves the game, who is a who is a student of the game and who is about the game. Sometimes the allure, the 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 attention that comes with being a Dallas Cowboy, is not for everybody. Sometimes the 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 microscopic lens being on you at every single turn is not for everybody. Sometimes being under the bright lights is not for everybody. That doesn't say that anybody want to go out there and perform. But it's different when you go out there and you can perform and you just go about your business. But as you know, as I know, that this, this cowboy thing is far bigger than just football. It's a brand. And one thing about the cowboys, everybody has a brand. We see it. Look at the commercials. Look at the look, 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 look at the social medias. Look at the podcast. Look at the uh, 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 I mean, if you live in the DFW area, you see the residual of being a dollar. Hell, look at Jesse Holly. I've told I have no problem telling each and every one of y'all, I was a jag. I was just another guy who made his way from a reality TV show. And I've been milking this thing going on, hell, over 10 years. Going on 15 years. And, and, and I, don't get me wrong, I, I have a talent now. Don't, don't, don't misconstrue that part. Don't, don't misconstrue that one, one second. But there is a brand that comes along with the brand. And if we're, if we're continuing the unfiltered conversation, what position does Shaq Leonard play? Now, I, I wanted him in Dallas. I thought he would have been a great, a great asset to the Dallas Cowboys because while you guys love Marquise Bell, and I think Marquise Bell is a great player, and Dan Quinn has plans for Marquise Bell, I just know when the playoffs come, Marquise Bell is too small to be playing linebacker. And what they're going to start doing is, you see, it's different in the playoff than the regular season. When teams have a week and it's winter go home, they find a mouse in the house. They find the one thing that they can exploit as much as they possibly can. And Marquise Bell is a nice fit at linebacker. He's playing out of position. Dan Quinn asks him to do something, and he's doing it, and he's having some success out of that times. But there are times where those offensive linemen get on Marquise Bell, and they move him. And so I thought, man, having a guy like Shaq Leonard here who, who were able to play that position, now you can use Marquise Bell in different formations and kind of not wear him down all the time. I, that's why I wanted him here. But if we're being honest, as a linebacker, if I played linebacker, if you played linebacker, the number one thing that you will always want as a linebacker is what we call keeping me clean. I don't care if you're the Mike, Sam, or Will. What you want is to be kept clean. But what does that mean, Jay Holly? That means I need some dudes up front, some defensive linemen that's going to mandate, that is going to require, that is going to, 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 to make it uh, 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 um, necessary to double-team those guys. And when you look at 
what is Philadelphia's strength defensively? Well, you got Jalen Carter, who they call the baby rhino. You got Jordan Davis. You got Fletcher Cox and others. You have one of, if not the, best defensive line in the National Football League. So as a linebacker, as I'm weighing my situation, I'm going, boy, one situation may have me playing a role in Dallas, and their front is okay, but we, have, we, we don't have a dominating front. Micah Parsons make other people's job a lot easier, but when it comes to keeping me clean, well, there's a reason why we don't hear much about Rashawn Evans and Damone Clark and Marquise Bell because they're, 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 they're not getting clean looks. But when you think about Philadelphia, you think, I'm going to be clean. I'm going to be clean. And so I'm not mad at the decision that Shaq Leonard made. No. I think I, if I'm being 100% honest with you, if my name was not Jesse Holly, thank you, Monica, for naming me. If my name was Shaq Leonard, I probably want to go to Philly too. I know, stone me for saying that, but that is the truth. But now the Cowboys have an opportunity to go and face the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't know, I'm sure Shaq Leonard probably won't play this week. But the Cowboys have an opportunity to go show them and the rest of the world. Because this is a big game for the Cowboys. This is a game that's going to be able to uh, help them continue on the path of getting the number one seed. Even if they win, the, 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 the number, they'll be tied with Philadelphia, and then we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. But this is a prime-time example of when the rubber meets the road. If you want to be considered, as a team, one of the best in the league, this is how you do it. Ric Flair has notably said it time and time and time again. No, not that he's the kiss-stealing, diamond ring-wearing, Rolex-wearing, jet-flying, limousine-riding, wheeling-dealing, all the kissing son of a... No, not that. No, not woo. No, not that. He said in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And this is where the Cowboys are at. If you want to be the man, you have got to beat the man. And you had the man on the ropes in Philadelphia. But it was these small little details of a football game that while they're small in their moment, they're colossal in the results. So you think just stepping out of bounds on a two-point touchdown or two-point play by Dak Prescott wouldn't cost you. And it did. So you thought uh, young tight end uh, schoolmaker, you thought, yeah, I don't really have to get my depth until the end zone. I'll be fine. And then you get tackled at the one inch line. No touchdown. Yeah, you think, boy, if we get to the two yard line, everything will be all right. And then you get a penalty. And then another penalty. And then two sacks. And then you find yourself from the two yard line. Now you're back at the 26 yard line and it's third and goal. 
or when you look up and you have over 10 penalties in a game. See, it's those small things in the moment that you don't think about is really affecting you. At the end of the day, when you begin to, when you begin to add them up, the accumulation of those small things, those, 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 those mole anthills now begin to look like the Rocky Mountains. And it costs you football games against good football teams. Because they're going to find a way to make the right play in the right moment. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. And the Cowboys, in front of their own fans, at home, in the comforts of their crib, have an opportunity to show the world that they are for real. Because, let's be honest, they're, they're, no matter how good you play, there's still going to be this notion, and, 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 I, and I hate to admit it, but Stephen A. says it at times, what, what can go wrong will go wrong. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? As much as we dislike or you dislike Stephen A. Smith for the things that he says, we ain't proved him wrong yet. We haven't proven him wrong. We haven't proven the naysayers wrong. The Cowboys, when they'll have a great season, they'll have great moments in that season when it all matters. And some of you have been around this thing for a long time, 27 years and counting. Since the Cowboys have won their last Super Bowl. And when it counts and it matters the most, something goes wrong. Now, maybe that's an unfair take, Jesse Holly, because something goes wrong for 31 other football teams. Absolutely true. But this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the Cowboys. And now they have another prime opportunity to go out there and to set the record straight. To beat a team that's way above 500, that's number one in the division, that's top three or four in the National Football League, who are true Super Bowl contenders. You want to find yourself in that conversation, you got to start beating folks at that table. See, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're knocking off folks at the little kids' table at Thanksgiving. Now nah, you got to come to the big table where the grown folks at and win there. And if you can do that, now you can consider yourself a true Super Bowl contender. All right, let's, uh, let's go around sports, man. Uh, the college football playoffs are happening, and boy, are some of you angry. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. The college football committee have p- uh, put out their top four in the NCAA college football tournament this year. And let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, like this, this whole system is flawed. College football in general is flawed. The committees, the, 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 the bowl games, like, like, like all of it is absolutely flawed. And the way that they've done it, Michigan is one, Washington is two, Texas is three, and Bama is four. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, and I'm biased, I am an ACC representative. Shout out to my Tar Heels. The Florida State Seminoles were 13-0, and won the ACC championship, did not get a bowl playoff spot. And people are uproar, in the uproar about it. And I get it. 
I understand it. But it was never going to happen. <laughs> it was never going to happen. This this whole thing about the college football playoffs, it's 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 the way that the the college football committees and people tried to do the same thing when it came to the NCAA basketball tournament, trying to pit put these teams in brackets and things where you can kind of generate some sort of noise and revenue. There is no more profitable thing than the NCAA tournament basketball tournament because even the even the Cinderella stories you can sell. The Cinderella stories are great for TV until you get to the Elite Eight and the Final Four because let's be honest, the big networks, they want the Blue Bloods. The big networks want the UNCs of the world. They want the school in Durham. They want the Kentuckys of the world. They want the Yukons. They want the Kansas of the worlds. They want those blue blood schools because those bring, bring ratings. Because even if you're a casual fan, you know about the Tar Heel Blue. Even if you're a casual basketball fan, you know about Duke basketball or Kansas basketball or Kentucky basketball. And even some of the people before you even got to a college and, and, and pledged your allegiance to that school, if you were from that area, you probably rooted for that school. If you were from Tennessee, you probably rooted for the Volunteers. If you were from Texas, at some point in time, you probably rooted for one of the Texas teams. You probably rooted for Texas or, or you probably rooted for Tech or for Oklahoma if you were from Oklahoma. And then you got older and you decided to go off to school. Now some got a chance to go to those same schools. Some had to go elsewhere. And then because of tuition, you became a fan. But that's what, that, that, that's what it is. And so when you look at the college football playoffs, and poor TCU, you, you, you TCU, you got dog walked so bad that you messed it up for anybody else coming behind you that doesn't have the 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 prior knowledge of being a big time contender. Now, do I believe if Florida State was whole and had their quarterback Jordan Travis that they would have got that four spot? Probably. Probably. But the last thing that you want is to have an FSU team go up against a fully loaded Georgia team or a fully loaded Alabama team or a Michigan team and get dog walks 65 to 7. That ain't good for TV. That ain't good for ratings. And in fact, you can't sell commercials. And while we try to make this thing and act like it's not political, it ain't never fair. It's all about the politics. And what do we know about politics? Forgive me, older brother, because I know that you're into politics. But what do we know about politics, ladies and gentlemen? It's all about the money. Political power means money. In layman terms, when people are mayors and senators and governors, they get the contract of the people who they know get kicked back to them. That's the same thing with the college committee and the NCAA and these teams uh, and, the, and the networks. 
Let's not forget the networks. Because I believe CBS and ABC just did a $3 billion deal with the SEC. Sometimes you got to just follow the money. And now you have two SEC teams in there. I know you're like, what, what, two? Texas going to the SEC next year. Texas is headed to the SEC next year. So what better way to get our to get our our boys out there in front of the world and usher them into the SEC by putting them in there? Now I'm not saying that Texas didn't belong. I'm saying that Texas got a loss. I'm saying Bama got a loss. It's all about how can we make the most money by playing this game. And everyone's saying, well, next year it'll improve because we'll have 12 teams. Guess what? The 13th team will complain. The 14th team will complain. It's a never-ending cycle, but you have to just you, – you, there, is, there is no rules when it comes to the money. There's no loyalty among thieves. This thing goes to the highest bidder. Who can sell the most tickets? Who can bring the most ratings? How we can charge for commercials? That's what this comes down to. Let's not fool ourselves, people. This is never going to be about fair. Because Georgia all of a sudden was the number one team all year long. All year. The same committee and, 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 the, and the coaches poll, the same folks that voted said that all year long, Georgia was the number one team. And they take a loss to a team that made the college football playoffs, and they dropped to six. This ain't about fair. It's about financial. Don't confuse, don't confuse the Fs. And so what we get is we get a Michigan. And by the way, and by the way, when you look at um, – Michigan and, and how Jim Harbaugh is, is, is you know, there's a little beef between Jim Harbaugh and the, the, the NCAA and, and, and all the things that they want to do. Jim Harbaugh got Alabama. <laughs> when you saw Michigan and, 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 and their little team thing and they were like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. We're the number one seed. That should be an easy. Bama. We went to Florida State. We wanted a team with the backup quarterback. We wanted to find ourselves in the college football national championship. But now they got to face Bama. And they're like, you know what? This is how we we – we already suspended Jim Harbaugh twice. See, Jim Harbaugh is like uh, – he, he's like the power at B that's kind of like pushing back toward the NCAA. And in some of his interviews he talked about make sure the players get a big part of the, uh, you know, the, pay, the, the wages from the committee in the NCAA. Jim Parball has kind of been screwing with the NCAA for a couple years now. This is the NCAA's kind of like, ah, screw you, Harbaugh. Screw you, Michigan. You got to take on the mighty, mighty Bama. Good luck. Number one seed, you thought it was going to be easy. Now you got to face Bama. So, but this is, this is, this is, this is never going to be fair. There's always going to be a fan base that's upset about it because it's never about fair. It's always about financial, and you cannot miss the fact in that. Uh, the Heisman candidates are out. 
and some that you probably would think, and maybe some that you don't. The list of the Heisman finalists are LSU's quarterback Jaden Daniels, who I think will win it, Oregon's Bo Nix, Washington's Michael Penix Jr., and as Gus Johnson would say, Maserati Marv, Marvin Harrison Jr. Those are your four finalists. They've been named uh, on Monday night. Caleb, Will- Caleb Williams is your reigning Heisman Trophy candidate. There will be a new show, a new sheriff in town this year. I, I think I think for what Jaden Daniels has done, no, his team doesn't have the, 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 the big-time record, but what he has been able to do in this season, to me, has been nothing short of amazing. He's three, he has 3,800 uh, passing yards, 40 touchdowns. He rushed for another 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's 50 touchdowns on the season. A grand total of just about 5,000 total yards. The Tigers are 9-3. and three. I, I do. I think he is – I think what he has done in the boot and, 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 and for LSU in the SEC, I, I think that is – I know Bo Nix had some of the great numbers and, and, and shout out to Michael Penix Jr. What he's overcome, like he, he has overcome a lot. I mean, injury after injury after injury, he's figured it out and he put his team on the map and has carried them to the college football playoffs. But I think, I think this is an award that will end up in the hands of Jaden Daniels. It's my opinion. Just my opinion. You may have yours. And you can leave the comments of who you think will be. But I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be Jaden Daniels. And I, and I like Bo Nix. I like all of them. I'm a receiver, so of course Marvin Harrison Jr. is is a favorite of mine. But I, I think this award is primarily a quarterback award. A lot of times, anyway, th- this is this is again. If we're talking about the Heisman, we're not talking about overall team. Uh, we're talking about the dude, right? Heisman. He is man. He is the man. H e i s m a n. Heisman. He is man. He's the man. That's what the Heisman means. He is the man. And there is nobody who has been more of the man for their team than Jaden Daniels. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe some politics in that too. Might be some financials over, over, over fairness in that as well. All right, man, let's get to the National Football League. Reports come out now. We're, we're in the Jets. We're in the Jets' backyard right now. Reports come out Sunday that we've seen all this talk All of this talk about Aaron Rodgers making the leap, coming back after 11 weeks, torn ACL, that he is pushing the play. There are some that have leaned on the side of this will be an absolute miracle and kind of want to see it happen. And there are some who's always been on the side of this ain't never, ever, ever going to happen. I don't care how much we see him walking around with no boot and doing dropbacks and doing in practice, this ain't happening. Well, according to Ian Rappaport and a report that came out this Sunday, uh, the the Jets have opened up the 21-day window for Aaron Rodgers to return off the IR. Uh, But they're saying slim chance. Slim chance, if no chance, that uh, Aaron Rodgers returns off of the IR. And I'm not mad at this. Like, 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 I was one of the people who thought to myself, this ain't happening. 40 years old? 40? You already got all the money. What are you pushing back for? 
and I get it. There's an ego. There's always ego inside of a lot of these players. It's wanting to prove others wrong. It's wanting to say that I can defy the odds. But if this Jets team was a playoff team, if they were close to making a run and they were just a quarterback away and maybe a game or two away, that I think Aaron Rodgers could win you a game or two. This team is cooked. This team is cooked. There, there's nothing that this that 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 in the state that the Jets are in right now. There's nothing Aaron Rodgers can do. And if he comes back and he re-injures that, now I don't think he'll take another four weeks, you know, eleven weeks to get back. He'll have all offseason, but just just you've missed the season. The season is dead. Regroup. Bring the troops together and try to make this thing work next year. But another quarterback in that same meeting room, that same QB room, when Aaron Rodgers went down, they were saying, all right, Zach Wilson, you're up. This is your time. I know that we didn't appreciate you. We brought in Aaron Rodgers, and we didn't really believe in your skill set, even though we drafted you in the first round. But we chose Aaron Rodgers. His Achilles didn't agree with our decision, so we're back to you, buddy. And they threw Zach Wilson out there, and boy, did he bomb. And he bombed, and he bombed, and he bombed. And then they said, we're going to go to the backup. And then they said that we're going to go to the backup of the backup. And now they're saying, Zach, we're coming back to you. But old Zachary has said, yeah, I don't know about that, y'all. Um, don't know if I'm the guy. <laughs> They've gone, reports have come out from Diana Rossini and others around the National Football League that Zach Wilson has been called upon again to be the starter of the New York Football Jets. And Zach has been, the reports have said that Zach's like, I'm good. No, 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 don't send me back out there again. Pick somebody else. And a little part of me, the non-competitive part of me says, and that's a very small portion of who I am. I get it, Zach. You are damaged goods in the eyes of the New York fan base, the New York population, New York media, and probably to your, a lot of your teammates, Zach, if we're being honest. So I get it. You don't want to go back out there and, and embarrass yourself anymore. You'd rather just fade into oblivion and hope that they release you or trade you somewhere else and get a fresh start. And maybe that's what you need. Maybe that is what you need. But the other 98% of me, the competitive lion that lies within me, says I'll give it another go. And maybe this time around, I'll be able to figure some things out and I might be able to put some things together, not only for, for, my, for my mentals, but also for film. That I may be able to go out there and some other teams say, that's the guy that we saw in all those pre-draft workouts that we liked so much. And maybe it may, just maybe, it may land you at a place where you can find that new home because New York ain't it. Your time in Gotham City is done. And as soon as this season concludes, you can start packing up your furniture. Put the, put the penthouse on the market. 
The real estate's hot right now in New York, I hear. Ship the cars to the summer house. Grab the gang and go on to your to wherever you want to go. Because it, it's, it's not happening in New York. So, But I get it. I, I get it, Zach, man. You, you, New York has not been kind to you. You have not been kind to New York. It's one of those situations where y'all just toxic together. It's a toxic relationship. It's abusive. Physically and mentally and verbally. They beat up on you. You beat up on them. It is a toxic relationship. Y'all need therapy and a restraining order. This may be the best thing that happened to you. So you know what? Don't go back to that house. They have given you a restraining order. Don't go back to that house. You don't need to get your wave cap off the sink. You don't need to get your slides from under the bed. Don't go back out there, Zach. Just, just go on to your next destination. Season's almost over. Save whatever dignity that you have left. And maybe you get a fresh start somewhere else. That's what I believe. We got spicy LeBron. We got spicy family. We got, I wonder, how do I want to say this? We got, here's, we, we got spicy LeBron first. Okay. LeBron is playing the Houston Rockets. And he and the head coach, Ima Udoku, if you remember that name, this is the coach who was formerly of the Boston Celtics. And if you're a black man in America, what you really know Ima Udoku for is he cheated on Nia Long. Mm. You had Nia Long in your grasp. One of the one of the baddies of all time baddies. Oof. I get chills thinking about Nia. You had her in your grasp. You saw you saw her in ways that 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 Craig from Friday wanted to see her. And you had that. And you decided that you wanted the Caucasian lady in the office in Boston. Lord, Lord talking about decisions. Uh Ima Idoku and LeBron James got into a little a verbal confrontation in the game. Emily Doka called LeBron James from the audio that I heard uh, um, uh, a little whiny B-I-T-C. Bleep, bleep, bleep. LeBron didn't take too kind of that. And, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Because I know sometimes when I, when I talk on my show that there's sometimes there are these cultural walls that are built up that sometimes people don't quite understand. So let me kind of let me let me let me let you behind the wall of the culture when it comes to a black man. Is this? There's certain words you just can't say to me. Calling me a B is one of those. You can't call a black man a B. That just doesn't that doesn't sit well with my spirit. And maybe it's the same thing for a Hispanic or a white man. But I don't I don't speak for them because I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't stand in their shoes. I, I speak for for what I know. And there are certain words that you can't say to a brother. A B is pretty high on that list. A B, calling them a P. Those, those, those are how the list of you, you. Those are fighting words. And so him, 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 and uh, Ima Yudoka got into it. They both were ejected from the game. LeBron kept it classy after the game. Said, "They asked, what were we talking about?" He said, "Oh, just about Thanksgiving." And, and, and Uma, Uma had his his conversation. 
But LeBron has been spicy lately. Maybe he's getting in his old age. He's just not taking much from nobody no more. And I appreciate it. I, I appreciate a good spice. As someone who's around the same age, I'm older than LeBron, actually. I get it. You get to a certain age and your and your your patience and your tolerance for nonsense, it dwindles quickly, fast, short fuse. But LeBron James also stood on family business. In the same week that he got the issue with uh, Ime Doka, he came out. His son, Bronny, who was a freshman at the University of South, South, uh, yeah, of Southern California, USC. He had the heart issue earlier in the year and uh, was medically cleared to come back to play. And LeBron made it very clear to his ownership, his teammates, and the nation. If whenever Bronny gets back on the court, if the Lakers have a game the same day that Bronny has a game, Oh, LeBron James will not be in uniform. And some people took not very well to that. And I, and I, 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 LeBron James is a dad before anything. And there aren't many times when you get to see your son play his first freshman game. Now, if LeBron was a rookie, if LeBron was a guy trying to find his way, then maybe you can have a gripe. 20, 21 years into this thing. 20, LeBron has, has earned the right. He's earned the right. Whether you like it or not, he has earned the right. And I don't give a damn how much you pay for a ticket. He's earned the right to miss the game to go see his son. And if there's any dad who is watching this, who's heard this, and has done the opposite, you are a crap father. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If it's a major milestone in your children's life and you miss it because of work, I don't care how hard you got to work. I don't think you're a good father. I'm not talking about her third soccer game. I'm not talking about her, you know, 99th, whatever. I'm talking about a monumental moment. You need to be there. And so I salute LeBron uh, for being there and standing on business. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I, um, thank you for being here. I appreciate you wholeheartedly. You always show me love. Continue to do so. Follow all the clips page, Fanatics Views, Mr. Fourth Along on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And uh, holler at me, man. Leave comments. Hit the notification button so you never miss an episode. Do all that you have to do. Share it amongst yourselves. Share it amongst the family. Put it in the group chat. Say, yo, y'all heard this, y'all heard this podcast, you looking for a podcast? Put it in the group chat. I, let grandma listen to me. Grandmas love me. They do. I, 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 they love me. Put it in the girls' group chat, put it in the fellas' group chat. Hell, build a small group around unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Meet amongst yourselves three times a week and say, let's discuss what Jesse talked about. And then write me an essay about it. No, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, you know. Like I always say, never let anyone say that their lives are better than yours because it is your life. And remember, don't focus on the small winnings for it may cause you something far greater than you're willing to lose. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.